In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. First, I would like to thank Canon Huberfeld and Canon Matthäus and all of you for the opportunity to preach during this beautiful occasion of the Novena Prayer in preparation for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you all for being so welcoming on this and so many other occasions. During this season of Advent, we are not only preparing our minds, bodies, and hearts for the Feast of the Immaculate Conception, but also for the great feast of Christ coming into this world, Christmas. Perhaps some of you are praying the St. Andrew Novena as part of your spiritual preparation to help increase your desire for the coming of Christ and to offer our needs and intercessions to the Lord through his Blessed Mother. I always have to joke that the St. Andrew Novena is neither technically a novena nor does it have much to do with St. Andrew other than it begins on his feast day. Nevertheless, the prayer repeated 15 times daily from the feast of St. Andrew until Christmas Day is a powerful prayer as it begins, Hail and blessed be the hour and the moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his Blessed Mother. Amen. Now, when I was asked to preach on Mary's title, Mother Most Pure, I was immediately reminded of this prayer and how Mary's motherhood is so intimately tied to her purity. But not just any purity, we would be remiss to exclude the superlative, Most Pure. Our Blessed Mother's purity comes from the singular and special grace of her Immaculate Conception, which the Church declares through His Holiness, Blessed Pius IX in 1854, when he says, We declare, pronounce, and define that the doctrine which holds the most blessed Virgin Mary in the first instance of her conception, by a singular grace and privilege granted by Almighty God, and in view of the merits of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the human race, was preserved free from all stain and of original sin, is a doctrine revealed by God and therefore to be believed firmly and constantly by all the faithful. Without the stain of original sin, our Blessed Mother lives most fully in the sixth beatitude. Well, really all the beatitudes. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they shall see God. Certainly, more than seeing our Lord, she bore him in her womb, and along with St. Joseph raised him according to God's law. While others may not have recognized Jesus as Lord during, their, during and after his earthly dwelling, Mary, our mother most pure, saw God, saw God and united herself to him and his earthly mission. By virtue of being most pure, Mary's intellect and will is perfectly attuned to the demands of God's holiness, especially in chastity, love of truth, and faith. Certainly, pure of heart is then the means by which one has the beatific vision. You can see God a vision that our Mother Most Pure enjoys, by, again, by a special grace with body and soul. As His Holiness Pius XII stated infallibly, the Immaculate Mother of God, the ever-Virgin Mary, having completed the course of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heavenly glory. Certainly, there is merit to dwell for length on, with length on the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Mother Most Pure, 
However, in her intercession and care for us, her children, our blessed mother, and her son invite us, with the help of grace, especially through the sacraments and especially through the Eucharist, to share in this purity. Through chastity, love of truth, and orthodoxy of faith, we too are called to be perfectly attuned to the demands of God's holiness. Chastity, as a part of temperance, gets its name in part since it chastises lustful desires. Certainly, by chastity, we most often think of the things that we shouldn't do, which is certainly necessary. But to only focus on this is to practice what Cardinal Harvey calls white-knuckle chastity. The hope is that by chastising our lustful desires, not only will one stop acting on those desires, but the disordered desires themselves will be reordered toward the good, toward toward true freedom, true love, and true virtue, especially in the context of marriage. Love of truth might really reflect a love for the author of truth, God himself. As Jesus even says in the Gospel of John, I am the way the truth, and the life. And just as sure as God gave us the desire to seek our Creator, He gave us a desire to seek truth. And accepting any contamination of the truth is to abandon purity. Finally, purity demands, as St. Augustine notes, the faithful must believe the articles of the creed so that by believing they may obey God, by obeying may live well, by living well, may purify their hearts, and with pure hearts may understand what they believe. Faith is both both an act of our will to believe what the Church presents in sacred scripture and in tradition, but also a gift from God, theological virtue, by which the truths we believe become more fully understood and purified. So in conclusion, by reflecting on our Mother Most Pure, we can recognize the necessity to purify our own hearts by chastity, love of truth, and orthodoxy of faith. But perhaps more importantly, we might recognize that our Blessed Mother intercedes on our behalf so that by grace we might be guided to purity of heart and, God willing, one day join our Blessed Mother most pure in seeing her Son face to face. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.